Welcome, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Fan Section Podcast. This will be labeled a Fan Section Short. I will try and keep it short. This is covering a little bit of a different topic. Do not be alarmed. Do not be worried. We will maintain college football as our primary focus through to the end of the college football season. But we've got some new storylines, some new information beginning to matriculate um, and rise up about the upcoming college basketball season. And we here at the fan section, we're talking college, dropping knowledge from the bleachers to the suites. And so we're going to uh, begin to do a little bit of a dive into some of this information leading into the upcoming college basketball season. Uh, This is a a very fun time of the year for me. Outside of bowl season, I think that March Madness is the most spectacular sporting event. Um, And so college basketball is something that I enjoy probably my second favorite sport behind college football but so we will go ahead and dive into uh, some of the information uh, relating to college basketball the schedules have been posted the preseason tournaments are up online and I think maybe there's no uh, better way to start off than looking at some of those Uh, just give a sort of a highlight of some of the upcoming non-conference tournaments that have some interest so first is the uh, Shriners Children's uh, Hospital Charleston Classic. That's on November 18th is when that tips off. Uh, a very, very good St. Bonaventure team uh, in this field. you got Boise State, Clemson, Temple, Marquette. Keep in mind Shaka Smart is the new coach at Marquette. Ole Miss, Elon, and West Virginia. I think West Virginia is going to be a pretty talented team this year. So that's going to be a fun and interesting field there. Next, we have the 2021 Myrtle Beach Invitational that also kicks off on November 18th. And that's going to be in Conway, South Carolina, which you may know is the home of the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, who just lost the other day. Um, the field here is going to be Davidson, Eastern or East Carolina, Indiana State, the alma mater of uh, Larry Bird, <laughs> New Mexico State, Oklahoma, Old Dominion, Penn, and Utah State. Probably the two favorites in this field are going to be Oklahoma or Utah State. Utah State was a very good team last year, but their head coach actually got poached away by Utah, and um, and I think they've had some turnover with their players and stuff. So, um, the, But that's probably the two better teams in that field. Next, we have the 2021 NIT season tip-off, which, which uh, will start on November 24th. This one is uh, at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, it's kind of a small field. You've got Xavier, Iowa State, Memphis, and Virginia Tech. I, I think Memphis is, is going to be a very good team this year. I, yeah, I think they're the favorite in that field right there. Um, next, we have the uh, Paycom Wooden Classic. This is out at uh, in Anaheim, California. USC, St. Joe's. Georgetown and San Diego State. USC um, is a good team. They, they overperformed, I think, in the tournament last year. But they lost Evan Mobley to the uh, NBA draft. San Diego State is always a tough out. Georgetown seems improved, although Colorado beat the ever-loving dog crap out of them in the first round of the tournament last year. Probably the team to beat is USC, with San Diego State kind of right on their, to- their heels. Um... Then we have the ESPN Events Invitational. This one starts on November 25th. 
And this is at the uh, Wild World of Sports Complex in Orlando, Florida. Uh, this will be kind of a fun one. Dayton, Miami, North Texas, Kansas is a, is a top five team. Alabama, I think, is a very, very good team. Iona, Belmont, and Drake. So probably Kansas is the team to beat, but I think Alabama could easily win this tournament as well. Kansas obviously has many, many good players, Ochai Abaji and um, Christian Braun and David McCormick, but they also brought in transfer Remy Martin from Arizona State. So Kansas looked for them to be much improved. But Alabama has a fantastic team. I like what Nate Oates is doing down there. That'll be a fun tournament to watch. Then you have the, uh, the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. This is in Honolulu, Hawaii, December 22nd. Um, kind of a slim field here. Liberty, Northern Iowa, Wyoming, Stanford, BYU, South Florida, Hawaii, and Vanderbilt. Probably the team to beat is BYU, although Stanford and Vanderbilt are good, not great, but perennially good uh, Power 5 teams. Elsewhere, uh, kicking, or, uh, tipping off November 19th, we have the U.S. Virgin Islands Paradise Jam. This one uh, is going to be, a, I think, a, a fun grouping. You have Bradley, uh, Colorado State, Brown, Creighton, Northeastern, Duquesne, Southern Illinois, and the Colorado Buffaloes. Colorado tips off against Southern Illinois. Uh, that'll be on the Pac-12 network, I'm sure. Or no, that, that'll be on ESPN Plus uh, on November 19th. You got Creighton and Colorado, two teams that were in the NCAA tournament last year. Two teams that won. I think Creighton ended up winning two games in the tournament. Colorado won the first one, obviously. Lost the second one. Uh, if I scroll down here a little bit further, the Roman main event, November 19th. This is going to take place uh, campus sites, it looks like. So it looks like home home and home. Uh, but the teams in this field, Arizona, Michigan, UNLV, Wichita State, North Dakota State, and what is that team? Texas Western, looks like maybe. So that one could uh, have some fun games there. Michigan is a very, very good team. They've got Hunter Dickinson coming back. They're gonna, you know, it'd be interesting to see how they replace Isaiah Livers. Obviously, he was their primary weapon a year ago. But Michigan is the preseason top seeded team, ranked team in the Big Ten. We have the uh, Air Force Reserve Hall of Fame tip-off presented by City on November twentieth. North, the field for this, North Carolina, Purdue, Tennessee, and Villanova. So three of the four teams are ranked. The one that's not ranked is probably the, the biggest blue blood, North Carolina, uh, where Michael Jordan played, <laughs> and James Worthy, and a number of uh, exceptional Tyler Hansborough, some of the greatest college basketball players ever. Uh, Purdue is potentially a top 10 team. Villanova is definitely a top 5 team. Tennessee is currently ranked in the top 25. That is a pretty solid field for the Air Force Reserves Hall of Fame tip-off. Any others of interest here? I'm scrolling through live as I'm uh, presenting this podcast. Those are probably, well, you get here, the Maui Gym Maui Invitational should be an interesting one. That one's always fun. Uh, this one's going to be tipping off uh, November 22nd. 
and it's taking place in Las Vegas because I guess we still can't do things in Hawaii. So you got uh, Butler, let's see, Texas A&M, Wisconsin, Butler, Houston, who made it to the Final Four last year, Oregon, Chaminade, St. Mary's, and Notre Dame. That should be a good field and an interesting uh, tournament to watch. Uh, Tipping off November 14th, this is one of the earlier tournaments, you have the Rocket Mortgage uh, Fort Myers tip-off, I guess. Uh, The field is Cal, Florida, Ohio State, Seton Hall, Bowling Green, Milwaukee, Yale. A couple of good teams there. Ohio State's obviously a top 25 team. Um, and, and then, you know, Seton Hall is, is a good team out of the Big East. Florida has been a bit down. Cal has been a bit down as well. And let's see if there's any more here that are of interest. Here we go. Bad Boy Mowers Battle for Atlantis. This is at Paradise Island in the Bahamas. <laughs> that would be a fun one. Check out this field. Arizona State. Michigan State, Loyola, Chicago, Auburn, Connecticut, Syracuse, VCU, and Baylor. This is probably the best tournament out of all of them. That is a phenomenal field. You have certainly the two, outside of Gonzaga, the two best non-power conference teams in VCU and Loyola, Chicago. Syracuse is definitely on the rise. Uh, Buddy Bayheim, I think, is like a second-team Preseason All-American. Connecticut is perennially good. Baylor just won the national title. That is an outstanding field uh, for that tournament as well. And so, yeah, so maybe we'll just put a bow on that. That sort of early second week of November is when those tournaments will start kicking off. So go ahead and put that on your calendar. Have that on your list to be looking out for. The next thing I thought I would jump into just real quick um, is... The top 25 has been released by the AP, and I just thought that I would run through maybe like the top 10 and sort of my thoughts where each each of these teams are proficient, are excelling, maybe some potential um, issues that could arise. So, I mean, the number one ranked team in the country is Gonzaga. Mark Few and this Gonzaga program has been a national title contender for several several years now. They're not afraid to schedule tough teams in the non-conference. They always play tough, and they're always ready to rock when the tournament starts. They're very rarely um, in close games. Uh, obviously, the two games, uh, the Final Four game that they beat UCLA was a very close game, went to overtime, and then they got blown out uh, by Baylor in the national championship. But... Last year, uh, Gonzaga finished 31-1, and almost had a perfect season. Their projected uh, starting five are Andrew Nemhard, who's a fantastic player at point guard, Rasir Bolton, uh, who's an uh, Iowa State transfer, averaged about 15 points a game uh, at shooting guard. Uh, small forward, they have a freshman, Hunter Salise, who's the number 20 recruit in the country. Uh, they also, at, at power forward, a third-team preseason All-American, the number one recruit in the country, Chet Holmgren, comes in. This kid's a string bean, tall, lanky. Um, he's going to need their center, Drew Timmy, to help toughen him up a little bit. I think most people look at Drew Timmy as potentially being the national player of the year. 
He returns, uh, averaging 19.7 rebounds from last year. He is a first-team uh, preseason All-American. But you look at what Gonzaga lost. Jalen Suggs was put number five overall in the NBA draft. Corey Kispert went number 15 overall in the NBA draft. Uh, a real smart plug for them off the bench last year, Joel Ayai. He uh, is now playing for the Wizards. They're going to have to replace a total between those three of 54 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists. That's going to be a tall task. Um, they do have some tough early games, and so you could see some growing pains early on. Uh, November 13th, they play Texas. Uh, November 23rd, they play UCLA. On the 26th, they play Duke. And December 4th, they play Alabama. Those are all very, very good buttoned-up teams. Mark Few has his work cut out for him. This is a Mark Few who has taken uh, Gonzaga now to the NCAA tournament 21 straight years. Uh, side note, I don't want to get too much into it, but uh, you probably have heard the news. Mark Few uh, was arrested for a DUI this offseason. I guess he just pled guilty. So a little bit of off-the-court off, uh, drama. We'll see. Hopefully hopefully that doesn't manifest itself into too much of a, uh, an issue for them. They're, they're an outstanding team. They have a combination of great returning talent and incredible newcoming talent. I, I, I agree. I think they should be the preseason number one team in the country. At number two, the AP has UCLA. <laughs> and this is a team, they had a dream run in the NCAA tournament. It was incredible. They, they, they gelled well together as a team uh, and made it all the way to the final four. They went from the first four to the final four, just like VCU did, uh, you know, whatever, six, seven years ago. Incredible. Um, and, you know, lost to Gonzaga in the final final four in that overtime game where Jalen Suggs hit that just complete prayer of a three-pointer. UCLA's starting five, they return, uh, they return all five of their starters, but their projected starting five are not the five from last year. So they have... Uh, uh, point guard Tiger Campbell, who who really is the orchestrator. Uh, then at shooting guard Johnny Juzang, who is a first team preseason All American, uh, coming back uh, after averaging 16 points, four rebounds a game. He had a fantastic, um, fantastic a tournament, and really probably put himself into first round draft um, spot. It's kind of surprising to me he came back and didn't go to the NBA. Uh, at, at power forward, Jaime Jaquez is back, third-team preseason All-American. Uh, and then the center, just a mountain of a man that nobody can seem to find a way to handle, is Cody Riley. He's not only massive, but he's he's athletic um, and, you know, not kind of awkward like a lot of big men. And he's a scrapper. He'll get down on the ground. He fights hard. Um, I, I think he's a guy that can... That maybe doesn't have all of the talent and qualities of being a fantastic NBA player, but he'll hang around for a, you know probably a, a decade just because he works hard. He he reminds me of like a Kenneth Fareed uh, or some of these guys that are a little bit bigger, but they just they just fight, they just scrap. The returning starter that is not currently on their top five depth chart is the small forward Jules Bernard. Uh, right now, they have a uh, small forward uh, set at Peyton Watson, who was the number no, uh, number 11 overall recruit this last year. He's a freshman. A little bit of an interesting call, I think, from Mick Cronin, who, you know, I think the, the main reason this UCLA team was so successful is that they meshed together as a team. 
They didn't have, like, Johnny Juzang played great, but it's not like they had one player that was exceptionally fantastic. They just played well as a team. And I just sort of wonder what you do to team chemistry when all five of them come back and you tell one of them, no, you're not starting anymore. We'll see how Jules Bernard handles that uh, and Mick Cronin. But, yeah, I, I just don't understand. This is a UCLA team that finished with a record of 22-10. and 10. Okay, uh, Mick Cronin, UCLA, they lost their last four regular season games, finished the regular season at 17-9. and nine. They, they played in the first four game against Michigan State, and it went to overtime. They almost lost. I mean, this is a team that barely made the tournament. I, I cannot believe that they're at number two. I think you have a lot of returning talent. I have them at six in the country. We'll, we'll find out pretty early on. November uh, 12th, they play Villanova. On the 23rd, they play Gonzaga. And then, you know, probably their only other big, notable non-conference game is, outside of the tournament, uh, is December 18th, they play North Carolina. And this is a North Carolina team that is kind of down. Uh, so that's not really that impressive a win if they get that. I, I think the Pac-12... UCLA is clearly the best team in the Pac-12, but but I think everything else is pretty wide open. There's several teams in the Pac-12 I think could beat UCLA, um, but ultimately I think they would win the conference. I have them at number six right now. Next, uh, the AP has at number three the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, they, like I mentioned, fantastic returning players at shooting guard Ochai Abaji. Uh, small forward Christian Braun comes back. He's a fantastic player. He he can be a real um, sharpshooter from three-point range uh, when you need him to be. Uh, they've got coming back at power forward Jalen Wilson and the center David McCormack, who is a massive, huge individual. Coming off the bench, you, you still have Mitch Lightfoot, who's been up and down, um, but he's stuck it out there. He could come up big uh, in, some, in some clutch or important moments. You, you need to find a way to replace Marcus Garrett's production. 11 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. But it's not so much his stats, it's he, his leadership. He really kind of pulled this team together and they went through some struggles last year. So what Kansas did is they went into the transfer portal and they brought in at point guard Remy Martin, the from, transfer from Arizona State. Average 19 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists. That is a, probably the biggest transfer in the country and Kansas brings them in that's outstanding for them uh, on November 19th they get Michigan State and really that's really pretty much it they have a really soft non-conference uh, outside of that tournament that they're going to be in which they'll get some some tough opponents there uh, but on December 21st Kansas comes to Boulder to play the Colorado Buffaloes so that's maybe just another game of note uh, but I, you know, I Kansas is always relevant. They were twenty-one and nine last year. They did okay in the tournament uh, by their standards. Uh, Bill Self has won sixteen of the last eighteen Big Twelve Conference championships. They've made the tournament every year since nineteen ninety. So this is, I think, clearly a top ten team. I have them at eight, not three, just because of some of the chemistry issues and the questions about how you replace. The, the leadership of Marcus Garrett. At number four, the AP has uh, Villanova. Villanova only won 18-7 and seven last year. They lost uh, in the Sweet 16 to Baylor, 62-51. Uh, 
pretty competitive, actually, considering Baylor went on to be the national champions. But but if you look at their actual tournament resume, who did they beat? They beat a 13 seed, and then they beat a 12 seed. I'm not real blown away by Villanova all that much. Um, but I have, I have more skepticism for other teams. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the question, really interesting, kind of weird story with Colin Gillespie. He, he, is, he is a pretty clear first-team preseason All-American, but he's not listed as a starter on their depth chart. You remember, he, they, they had a pretty good start going last year, and then he had the knee injury. And they're still he's still working to come back from that knee injury, so maybe that's why they have him listed as kind of a rotational guy. Um, but ultimately, he'll replace at point guard. Um, their current starter that they're listing is Chris Archidiakono, who, who's a good player and, and probably a good leader, but Colin Gillespie is, is a lottery pick in the NBA. Uh, at shooting guard, uh, Caleb Daniels returns, small forward Justin Moore. Uh, the, the talent on this team is really down low outside of Colin Gillespie. Uh, Jermaine Samuels at power forward. They run a two power forward set instead of a center. So uh, Jermaine Samuels comes back averaging 12 points, six rebounds, three assists. And Jeremiah, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, 16 points, nine rebounds, two assists. Um, they return all five of their starters, like I said. This is this is going to be a tough team. They play in the Big Ten, or I mean in the Big East. So they're not going to face a ton of challenge. In the non-conference, November 12th, they play at UCLA. On the 20th, they play Tennessee. And then probably the, the real challenge is, is going to be on uh, December 12th. They play at Baylor. Uh, Jay Wright is a fantastic coach. They return a ton of talent. It's a ton of talent that underperformed last year, just straight up. And so, you know, they the AP has them listed as number four. I have them at number five. Uh, and so that's that's about all I got on Villanova. Next in the AP uh, poll at number five, the AP has listed the Texas Longhorns. Um, keep in mind, this is a Texas Longhorns team who uh, felt like they underperformed in the regular season last year, somehow got hot and won the, uh, won the Big 12 tournament, uh, and then lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament to Abilene Christian. Uh, like I said, Shaka Smart basically was chased out the door, but uh, off to Marquette. But they bring in Chris Beard, who is a probably one of the best coaches in the country, considering what he did at Texas Tech. Uh, he has been the second best coach, well, second or third best coach in the Big 12 for years now. I mean, I would say Scott Drew and then potentially Bill Self, although, yeah, probably Bill Self, uh, is, is ahead of uh, Chris Beard, but that's only in kind of longevity. More recently, the two best coaches, I think, have been Chris Beard and Scott Drew at Baylor. Texas uh, returns a fantastic leadership-driven, well-meshed backcourt. Uh, point guard Matt Coleman returns. Uh, shooting guard Courtney Ramey returns. Uh, they have listed at small forward, but he'll probably be almost like a third guard. Andrew Jones. Uh, this dude, I, I, you know, I'm a huge fan of this dude, Andrew Jones. Uh, took a whole season off two years ago because he was fighting, uh, battling cancer. <laughs> he had a, a form of cancer and not only kicked cancers, I mean, it's very similar to like the Luke Keekley story at Boston College. Kicked, uh, kicked uh, cancer's ass and... Um, or no, was it not, it wasn't Luke Keekley. 
Well, if you think of who the Boston College player was, I can't think off the top of my head who it was um, that that battled cancer and came back and ended up playing, having a wonderful career. Maybe it was Luke Kuechly. Anyways, uh, that was just sort of a aside. You also bring back uh, Greg Brown. This is year two now with Greg Brown. He's got, you know, there's some there's some emotional tension uh, at times on this team. Greg Brown uh, was a little bit immature at times. I, I remember one game he was benched, and he basically just walked to the locker room. Um, you know, just sort of an immature freshman thing to do. But averaging six rebounds, he's a big, important force for them underneath the rim. And then they bring back Jericho Sims, who is – just a stud. Um, the question for Texas is going to be replacing Kai Jones, who leaves. He was the 19th overall pick uh, by the Knicks, then ultimately traded to the Hornets. But uh, and he and he was a fun kind of spark plug. But his stat it's not like a ton of stats they got to replace. He only averaged nine points, five rebounds, one assist. So I, I I think that this is a very very good Texas team. They have them. Um, ranked at number five. I think this is the second-best team in the country, and they may even be better than Gonzaga. Uh, just with the returning talent, if they can handle their maturity issues, uh, I think that this could be an outstanding Texas team uh, and, and really, really perform well in the Big 12. And then the AP has listed at number six the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan finished 23-5 and last year. They... Kind of performed a little pedestrian in the tournament that lost in the Elite Eight to UCLA, uh, 51-49. Um, their, their leading scorer in that game was Hunter Dickinson with 11 points. Basically, you know, Isaiah Livers didn't deliver a ton of points, but he orchestrated that offense. And so basically when he went out with the foot injury, um, I, I think that was in the Big Ten tournament uh, when he got injured, they were scrapping to try and find offense. I mean, you know, you only scored 49 points against UCLA. That's 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 tough. Um, but you bring in to replace Isaiah Livers at point guard uh, Devontae Jones, a transfer from Coastal Carolina, who averaged 20 points a game last year. Uh, Eli Brooks is back at the two guard. Um, Moving into the small forward position, Caleb Houston, who's the number 10 overall recruit out of the state of Florida, uh, which I think is a pretty good pull for Michigan. Uh, and Juwan Howard is doing great on the recruiting trail, honestly. Uh, Brandon Johns, the power forward, was kind of it was kind of suspected that he would be the leader as they went into the tournament. He he I think a lot of people thought that they, he left quite a bit to be desired <laughs> but based off of his performance and the team's performance in the tournament but he returns and then uh, at center Hunter Dickinson moving into his sophomore year now he is a preseason second team All-American he's an outstanding talent definitely going to the NBA next year um, probably probably could have gone maybe second round if he'd, if he'd have gone to the NBA draft this past year. I don't, I don't know, maybe. I mean, Kofi Coburn tried to go from Illinois, and he's a similar makeup player, uh, and he ended up coming back to Illinois. Uh, so m- must have just thought there wasn't a lot of interest. Uh, like I said, the biggest thing is going to be replacing Isaiah Livers. Uh, on December 1st, they play North Carolina, who I already talked about is kind of down. That's not a real big task. And then Michigan's, Michigan's biggest other non-conference game is uh, 
On December 4th, they play San Diego State. San Diego State's a, a very good team out of the Mountain West. Uh, Jawan Howardson's taking over his 39-16. and 16. I think everybody's ecstatic with the way he's been coaching. I think they have a really well-run program, and, and I think they're a very solid team. I have them number three in the country. So, quick recap. For me, I have Gonzaga, Texas, Michigan. Uh, the AP poll has Michigan ranked at number seven. All right, number six. Moving on to number seven, though, the Purdue Boilermakers. I, I was just looking at ESPN. Uh, they have listed as their preseason coach of the year, Matt Painter. And he's a great coach, but the Big Ten is just such a slog. There's just so many good teams, and it's a, it's a, it's a tough, hard-nosed style of basketball. It's very physical. Uh, every team has like a big guy down low, like a Hunter Dickinson or a Kofi Coburn. But Matt Painter, in his 16 seasons at Purdue, eight of them, uh, the Boilermakers won 25 or more games. They've only had two losing seasons under him. I think he's deserving of that tip of the cap. Uh, but last year, they go only go 18-10, and 10, lost to North Texas in the first round of the NCAA tournament, really, uh, really underperformed at the tournament. Uh, but they at point guard, they got Eric Hunter Jr. Uh, and then at shooting guard, third team, preseason All-American, Jaden Ivey. Uh, small forward, Sasha Stefanovic returns. Uh, power forward, Mason Gillis. And uh, another third team, preseason All-American at center, Travion Williams. Coming back, he averaged 16 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists. They've got Zach Eady and uh, Brandon Newman coming off the bench. This is a very... Solid, well-coached team. Uh, their toughest non-conference games, they also have North Carolina on November 20th. North Carolina is going to take some licks in the non-conference. <laughs> it's going to be a down year for North Carolina. Uh, and on November 30th, uh, they get a very, very talented Florida State team. Uh, the AP poll has them listed at number 7. I think 7 is right. I've got them at number 7 as well. At number 8 in the AP poll... The, the reigning national champion, Baylor Bears, uh, finished the season last year 28-2. and uh, Their only two losses being, I believe, they lost to Oklahoma State and Cade Cunningham in the Big 12 tournament. And then, uh, let's see, oh, they lost one to Kansas, I think, earlier in the season. Uh, obviously ran the table in the NCAA tournament, beat down Gonzaga from wire to wire. They were up, they were up 15, 20 points from wire to wire. That game was never a, a contest. The final was 88-70. They bring in, at point guard, James Akinjo from Arizona, uh, transferred from Arizona, uh, averaging six, 16 points and five assists. Uh, there's a ton of talent to replace on this team. Between Jared Butler, um, who, who was number 40 overall draft pick to the Pelicans and now is on the Utah Jazz. Macy Oteague is now playing for the Utah Jazz. Uh, Davion Mitchell is gone. He was the number nine overall pick to the Kings. And really a, a real kind of heart and soul player, Mark Vital, graduated. And so they're going to have to replace between those four players 50 points, 17 rebounds, 14 assists. I think that that's why they're downgraded. Returning national champions, but they're down at number eight. Uh, but you bring back an outstanding talent, really a top ten, potentially top five player in the Big 12 uh, at the two guard, Adam Flagler, small forward Kendall Brown co- uh, comes in. 
um, as the number 13 overall recruit in the country. So you're going to have a freshman on the starting five. He, by the way, is out of Wichita, which, I mean, I think that's that's a good gift for Baylor to take him away not only from Wichita State, but also from Kansas and Bill Self. Um, at power forward, you got Matthew Mayer, who is really kind of a funky... Uh, he has a funky style about him, but he's very, very successful. Uh, he's kind of a kind of fun player to watch. Baylor is just a fun team, but he's kind of got the mop top, and he looks like your you know your neighbor's kid brother or something. But at uh, at center, but he's effective. Matthew Mayer's good player, and then at center, Flo Thamba, returning uh, starter. He's an outstanding talent. Also, you bring back probably my favorite player in the country off of the bench. Uh, Everyday John, Mr. Jonathan Chamochachua. I think this is a very sound, solid Baylor team. They're going to have some some uh, some meshing to do early on, but they don't play really uh, outside of the non-conference tournament. They don't play any tough, tough opponents until December. Uh, December twelfth, they have Villanova, and then December eighteenth, they're at Oregon. I think Scott Drew can get this team going. I, I've got them at number four in the country. Uh, I until further notice, I think Baylor is is a top five team. Now at number nine, the AP has Duke, and I mean this is just you know I think you're going to see a similar thing to like what we saw with Clemson in football. You know, it's name recognition, it's recruiting. And they say, oh, yeah, it's a fantastic team. And then, you know, Clemson was top two, top three coming into the football season, and now they're unranked and a disaster. They, they're lucky to score 17 points, um, you know, every Saturday. Um, this is a Duke team that finished 10th in the ACC last year. They, they finished 13-11 and 11 on the season. They lost in the third round of the ACC tournament. Uh, it's the first time they, last year, is the first time they haven't made the NCAA tournament since 1996. Um, you know, I'm not seeing all the hype. They, they bring back a point guard, Jeremy Roach, nine points. Shooting guard, Wendell Moore Jr. is probably one of their bigger talents returning. But he's only at, only averaged 10 points, five rebounds. Uh, at small forward, they have listed A.J. Griffin. Um who's the number 17 recruit in the country, but he's coming off of and recovering from a knee injury. And they say four to six weeks. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see when he's able to play. Uh, but, the, but the big upside and probably the big name why, why everybody's giving Duke so much hype to be in the top 10 is a power forward, Paolo uh, Benchero, the number two recruit in the country. Many people thought he's the number one recruit in the country. Um... And he comes out of the state of Washington, which is another interesting story. How did Gonzaga let him get out of get out of the state of Washington? Uh, and then at center, uh, you return to sophomore Mark Williams, seven points, five rebounds. Their, their biggest loss was Matt Hurt, uh, who was averaging 18 points last year. He was drafted number 20 to Atlanta, and then uh, and then you know a couple other guys, DJ Stewart, 13 points, four rebounds, three assists, and Jalen Johnson. Uh, this is, if I recall correctly, this is Coach K's last year. I think he, there's sort of like a succession plan. They're going to bring in this new Coach Shire to take over in April of 2022. They play Kentucky on uh, November 9th. They've got Gonzaga November 26th. And they've got Ohio State on November 30th. 
I, I Duke could have three, maybe four losses by the time we get to December. Like I, I don't get the hype on Duke in the top ten, uh, but it, the AP has them at number nine. I certainly do not have them in my top ten. At number ten, Kentucky uh, is who the AP has at number ten. Similarly to Duke, this is a team that finished eighth in the SEC last year. Their record was nine and sixteen. They, they lost in the first round of the SEC tournament. Like, they didn't even have heart to try and make a run in the, in the conference tournament. Um, you know, I, I think the style for Calipari, John Calipari, the head coach, of bringing in these young players, it, it's, it's just, you know, it can be fantastic. The ceiling is it can certainly be way high, but clearly the floor can be way low. And, they, you know, 9-16... and 16, is is a was a disaster of a season for them last year, you know. And I, I keep in mind there's COVID and you know and the and and a lot of uncertainty and different things and so, but everybody had to deal with that, you know. So, but they're starting five. They have listed uh, point guard uh, Shavir Wheeler, who's a transfer that comes in from Georgia, averaged about 14 points a game last year. Uh, shooting guard, uh, uh, top five. Let's see. Well, top, not top five, but top 15 recruit in the country, Ty Ty Washington. I just saw a story, uh, an NIL story. Ty Ty Washington uh, signed a um, like a promotional deal with, what was it? Was it Mercedes-Benz? Oh, no, it was Porsche. Porsche. So he's going to promote Porsche. They just, this dude, freshman, just walked on campus, is driving a Porsche to class. They just gave him a car. Uh, so fantastic for him. Uh, hopefully he can have a season that is deserving of that. I, I, I think of like, you know, I know we've seen over and over again that commercial, um, the Dr. Pepper commercial with DJ Uyunglele. And it's like, neat, you got your money, man, but he has been exposed as a terrible player. He's not a good quarterback. Uh, so, you know, I, and maybe some of that has to do with focus. Where's where's your focus at? But, but, I, but on the whole, I mean, I think, hey, get your money, you know? And so good for Ty Ty Washington. Uh, but that's a freshman uh, on the court for Kentucky. At small forward, they bring in a grad transfer from Davidson, Kellen Grady. I think this is a good move. Like I said, I think that there, you know, there is a shift in the style that Calipari is doing here. He's, he is bringing in, he did bring in two top 15 recruits in the country, Ty Ty Washington and uh, Damian Collins. But he's also bringing in uh, good good transfer players. So between the point guard, Shavir Wheeler, Kellen Grady, uh, grad transfer from Davidson. And then at center, uh, he got the transfer from West Virginia, Oscar Shibway. Uh, I, I think this is going to be a very different Kentucky team than we're used to. So we'll see how this new style meshes for for them as they move into this 2021-2022 uh, season. They play uh, November 9th. Uh, Kentucky plays Duke. And then on December 18th, uh, they play Ohio State at home. Their uh, their leading scorer last year was Davion Mintz, who does come back, but he only scored 11.5 points per game. They just couldn't get offense going. Um, and, and that's not something you would think of. A Kentucky team with young players, you would think they're going to go get their points and then probably not put any effort in on defense. It was completely the opposite. They just could not score. Uh, just round out the top 15 here. Uh, AP has Illinois at 11. Illinois, uh, I'm not sure how I 
feel about Illinois. They got Kofi Coburn coming back, who is just a mountain of a man, an outstanding player. But is he in? Is he out? Where's his focus? Like I said, he put his name in for the NBA draft, comes back. I think I remember maybe he had even said like some some not great things about the Illinois program. Or, but anyways, he comes back and he's a great player. But Illinois loses Io DeSumo, who was their fantastic, outstanding point guard. You might remember in the Big Ten tournament, he had that mask on, the mask of Zorro. Um, Illinois had a great season last year. They will be a good, probably top 25 team this year, but I don't know about at 11. At 12, the AP has Memphis. This is a Memphis team that I think is much improved. They underperformed during the regular season for uh, head coach Penny Hardaway, but ended up making a good run at the end of the year. They finished 20-8. and eight. They won the NIT tournament. So this is a team that has heart, that's stuck together. They bring in two top five recruits in the country in Jalen Duran and uh, Imoe uh, Bates. Uh, their top three scorers return, Noli, Williams, and Boogie Ellis. I think this is a very good Memphis team. Uh, they play uh, Alabama on December 14th and Tennessee on December 18th. Those will be some challenge, some challenging games for them, and we'll sort of determine where they're at. Uh, and then, really, I think the, the American Conference, these two teams are both stellar, Memphis and Houston. Memphis plays Houston twice uh, at the end of the season, February 12th, and then March 6th would be right before the conference tournament. I think either Memphis or Houston I have at 10. I, I, I think they're, they're basically even in my estimation at this point, but I, I have Memphis as, as uh, you know, a top 10 team. Uh, AP has Oregon at 13. It's tough to replace the loss of Chris Duarte. Um, and and I, I just I think there's just a lot of questions and parity about the Pac-12 in general. Uh, four Pac-12 teams made the Elite Eight last year, so there's clearly a ton of talent, but a lot of key players left. USC's Evan Mobley leaves. Remy Martin from Arizona State transfers. Uh, McKinley Wright from Colorado, the, you know, one of the best point guards in the country the last couple of years. He uh, he decides to leave to go to the NBA. Um, so, you know, you have UCLA, and and then it's, you know, USC, Colorado, Oregon, Oregon State. Uh, you know, even Stanford and Washington State are much improved. I think there's going to be – it's going to be kind of similar, I think, to the Big Ten, where there's just a lot of teams beating up on each other. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was one top ten – Pac-12 team, and then like four teams, 10 to 15, you know, or somewhere, you know, uh, not 10 to 10 to 15, 10 to 25, or, or 15 to 25, you know. Um, it's a very, very good conference. I talked about it on the other podcast. Pac-12 is clearly a basketball conference at this point, doesn't care about football. So, you know, embrace, embrace the basketball. It's going to be a fun, fun season for the Pac-12. At 14, the AP has Alabama. I already talked about how impressed I am with Nate Oates. I, my only worry with this Alabama team is that I might be viewing them similarly to how I viewed uh, Indiana football. That they had this blip of an exceptional season in a crazy COVID time, and then are they going to regress back down to earth? They finished 26-7 and last year, lost in the Sweet 16 in overtime to UCLA. Um, they have a, a, a solid upperclassman in the backcourt that returns. Juniors, 
uh, at point guard, Jaden Shackelford uh, and and uh, Javon Quinterly are outstanding. Um, they bring in a Furman, a transfer from Furman, Noah Gurley, and he's 6'8", 215. He will be a force under the rim. You know, the question for them at Alabama is going to be replacing John Petty, uh, who is a fantastic player. Uh, and so we'll we'll see. Uh, the The AP has Alabama at 14. I have them at 9. I think that they are the best team in the SEC, um, better than Kentucky, better than Arkansas. Uh, but we'll we'll see. Like I said, I'm 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 a little gun shy because of what happened with Indiana in the football season and how I appraised them. Uh, no real noteworthy games for Alabama until December. On December fourth, they play Gonzaga. Look at this back to back to back. They starting December fourth, they get Gonzaga, Houston, and Memphis. Um, that's going to be a tough stretch. If they if they can find a way to win two of those games, I think they're a top ten team. Uh, if they if they win all three, they may be a top five team. Um, and then at fifteen, the AP poll has Kelvin Sampson's uh, Houston Cougars. I already mentioned that I think Houston and Memphis are I think a clear cut above all the other teams in the American Conference, and I think they're both they're both right on the verge of top ten teams in the country. Uh, this Houston team was a lot of fun to watch last year. Twenty eight and four. They lost to Baylor in the Final Four. This team last year was so much fun because it was just a ton of guys that were basically interchangeable. So they didn't have, like, a big guy under the hoop and small guards and, you know, a lanky guy. It was like they were all 6'6", 200 pounds, and they all could do the same things, you know. Um, they were probably the second-best team in the country last year, to be honest. They just happened to play Baylor in the Final Four, uh, and and they lost a close game to Baylor. And considering how Baylor just blew out Gonzaga, you know, Houston might have been the second-best team in the country last year. Um, but, so, you know, you you lose Quentin Grimes, you lose Dejan Giroux, both to the NBA. Uh, questions about what's going on with Justin Gorham. Uh, Caleb Mills who was a, kind of a, a role player, uh, but, but an important role player, uh, transfers to Florida State. But you return three, I think, big, important players, Marcus Sasser, Kyler Edwards, and Tremont Mark. So I think that there's some stability. Like I said, I think this is a top, borderline top 10 team. Uh, Houston plays Virginia on November 16th, and then they have a game against Alabama uh, in that tough stretch I was just talking about. For Alabama, that's on December 11th. So I have, like I said, Houston is sort of a tie between Houston and Memphis at 10. So again, just to run through real quick, my top 10, I have Gonzaga at 1, I have Texas at 2, Michigan at 3, I have Baylor at 4, I have Villanova at 5, I have UCLA at 6, Purdue at 7, Kansas 8, Alabama 9, and then a tie between Memphis and Houston at 10. Just to sort of close, again, I'll just hop back on, uh, not ESPN, CBS Sports here. Uh, They have Drew Timmy, uh, the outstanding big man at Gonzaga as the preseason player of the year, Uh, preseason coach of the year, like I mentioned, Matt Painter from Purdue. And then I've talked about at Duke, the 
preseason freshman of the year, they're talking about this kid, Paolo uh, Banchero. So it's going to be a fun season. It's going to be interesting to follow. Uh, I'll do more shorts like this uh, having to do with college basketball as it approaches. But uh, for the most part, we're going to maintain the focus on the college football season that has been outstanding so far. So thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, continue to watch, subscribe, hop into the mailbox. We love and appreciate all of your guys' support and feedback as well. This has been a fan section short. I'm Tyson Quiller, and we are out.